What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Swolecast. This week, we are talking Scott Fishbowl, we are talking Raheem Mostert, and we are talking with um, an old pal of ours, Benjamin Gretsch. Benjamin Gretsch, repping the FI stuff. I love it, man. How are you? I'm, I'm I guess, a little surprised. I, I put this on, and, and both you and Davis had yours front and center, and, and now we're all we're all buddies. I didn't it's know you crazy. Guys, <laughs> still have R- all the swag right on him. R.I.P. Uh, F.I. <laughs> oh, I love I love Over's that shirt <laughs> that he has. Oh yeah, no, right we're now. all wearing our F.I. shirts to that. This <laughs> <laughs> is one of my favorite uh, football sites back in the day, man. To have yeah, a piece I, of history <laughs> in my closet <laughs> means a lot. <laughs> I got about really, 100 we, pieces of history in my <laughs> closet that I can I wish, ship you. Uh, I wish Tuttle was here for the remembrances of Fantasy Insiders because nothing nothing makes me more happy than when Tuttle and I remember uh, the early days yeah. of Fantasy Insiders. Well, nothing yeah. makes Tuttle less happy than talking about the Scott Fishbowl, so here we so, are. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a draw. Um, as far as the Scott Fishbowl... We, you know, obviously we have some stuff to talk about, but I, I want to start by wishing a a guy that we know, Jack Miller, uh, at Jack Miller O two. I just want to, I just want to wish him a a happy family trip that he's on today. And I possibly, really hope it's a, possibly the toughest of scenes for our buddy Jack Miller. Hang on, sorry, who who is Jack Miller? Jack well, Miller, it's a question. It's a question familiar? that uh, you know a lot more people would have been able to answer that question had he not been too busy, like playing ping pong with his grandma right now. Uh, <laughs> he gets For one those? one Silva bump in big times. The swole cast. I mean, imagine the stones on that kid. Um. So he he was writing in high school. Is very kind of like Davis esque and. Um, as far as like writing in high school about fantasy sports, he was on the uh, fantasy under uh, the uh, underground stuff with the Podfather uh, on their the, fa- the my, fantasy underground stuff. Yeah, what's it? Yeah, yeah. Like I always saw, I always call it player profiler, but it's like Roto Roto Underworld, Roto Underworld, same thing. We don't want to give too many free plugs around here, uh, but anyways. We said, "Hey, let's let's invite him on. He's he's been pretty sharp lately. Uh, he wrote for the Best Ball Draft Kit last year uh, when FI was still around. So let's let's give him a chance." And so Peter sends him a public invite, and he just now waves Peter's invite. Sorry, can't do it. So uh, Jack, you you might be. You might be dead to us right now. He's been canceled. He is it's, for sure canceled. I will never give him another click at Rotoviz ever again. <laughs> I will never support anything he does. I used to think he was a sharp and he revealed himself to be the biggest donkey in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so so he might be lives. your I mean, he I might mean, be your Jacob Rickroad then, Peter, right? <laughs> I would well, be Jack, honored. Jack Miller actually writes fantasy articles, so that'd be tough. Uh oh! Here we go. <laughs> <Jesus>. Boom! 
<laughs> I've seen for at Clutch Fantasy. Are you gonna Are you gonna introduce Gretch, bro? That's the like, best beef yeah. on That's the best beef on Fantasy Twitter, by the way, because you guys just go at each other like <laughs> really hard and like well, no, we. Yeah, like we actually don't. It's just it's all passion. Like no one's. It's not like a big public feud. There's it's not a bit either. They just both of you at this. Point. Oh, it's it's not a bit. It is it is quite legit. It's a very <laughs> aggressive feud. Talking with Ben Gretsch right now from CBS Sports uh, FF Today oh. podcast. He's big time. He's a. Do you have a check mark on your name now, Ben? I do. Oh wow! Tell tell Davis how that feels to have that check mark. Dude, it's just. Well, I mean, all right, whatever. All right, it's so disappointing. Okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It feels pretty good, especially <laughs> if Davis doesn't have one. It feels. Good, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to check mark if Davis has one. That's when right. it ceases being cool. <laughs> Uh, so we have to talk about Scott Fishbowl and we're definitely going to talk about Ben's draft because about it is... Ben's division just rolling over for him. Oh, come on there. I mean, I, I've never thought I, now, this now granted, was... granted your division didn't roll over as hard as JJ's division rolled over for him. I, I've gotten a ton of values. There's a ton of luck in this. Um, I feel great about the, 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 players that were available to me at times I picked at the same time. I don't, it's more just a quirk. I would say, I don't want to go out my, my division mates. Cause I don't think any of them really made bad decisions. It's just been situations where they're like going at, going to different positions and a position gets forgotten about. And that's the position I need. And it's, it's just working out for me. Perfect. every time. Are you running for office anytime soon? Ben? <laughs> that is very, very smooth. Ben is going to be the new leader of the autonomous zone in Seattle with uh, political <laughs> diplomatic speech like that. Uh, the I was going to say the Scott Fish Bowl AZ, but uh, it, I couldn't. I couldn't make it work. Hey, shoot uh, Devin, shot, Devin, 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 can you cut that part out? <laughs> uh, let, a- let's talk about the the Raheem Mostert trade request before we get heavily involved into the Scott Fishbowl. Mostert? Personally, I see that working out well for him. Just personally, I think it's going to go well. You think there's a big big market for running backs right now? Big market. You know, I think the 49ers are obviously an organization that really value that position, really want to. So I think think worst case scenario, he gets traded to a contender. Um, You know, best case scenario, they give him you know, a nice, a nice little pay raise and they totally respect the decision-making. I think it, I think it, um, I think it'll work out. He wants to make as much as Tevin Coleman, which honestly seems like a pretty reasonable request, but the it thing is, is, it is a he just fully signed, rational request. He just signed the deal last year. So it's like, he, you know, you, you signed it, bro. Like it's, I get it. There's special teams involved there, but anyways, um, it, Ben, it, what's your, What's your take on this? I mean, his base salary is two point nine million, right? Like, it's not bad. There was this comment that yeah, he signed a special teams contract, but like, it's not great. But I mean, for running backs, an older running back who had I think like forty career touches before last season, it's kind of hard to like, like that. I think hey, is about 40, what Damian... 42, Ben. Forty two, Ben. Yeah, and isn't hey, that ben, about what Damian Ben who Williams? who led the league in yards per carry last year? <laughs> Yeah, no passing game work, which is obviously, you know, anyone in analytics Twitter recognizes as more important to running back, you know, value. 
But isn't that close to what Damian Williams signed his extension with the Chiefs after he can't kind of came out of obscurity and had a good end of 2018? I mean, I think his extension was like two years and he was getting two or three million a year. I mean, I don't. Mostert's a very similar late blossomer type guy. I don't know why he wants. I feel like it's a fair contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, it sounds he just reasonable, wants to be but paid also like the starter. Yeah, I also don't blame him. Oh, don't blame any running back for trying to get as much money as possible when you're actually relevant uh, because it's it's tough until then. Uh, Peter, you have something you want to say right now. No, no, no. I mean, I, I always have something I want to say. Unlike Davis, though, I'm a little more willing to kind of be patient and pick my spots. Uh, no, I he needs to read the room, though, a little bit, right? I mean, if any organization it has shown a willingness to devalue running back cycle through whoever it's the 49ers like Shanahan does not care he'll burn mm-hmm. a draft pick on what was it Joe Williams or whatever and just move right on like I I, I think he needs to uh, have a hard look in the mirror and realize that the 49ers aren't going to cave to his demands okay so if you're having a guess right now let's say you're in a, a best ball draft or, or doing a Scott Fishbowl draft where would you value most as as things are not resolved right now, Davis? I mean, the same place I've always had him, like seventh, eighth round, you know, and he's been like, he just has been, he has been. You actually might actually very, get him there now. You, you could, you could take him now. Very similar to his teammate, Dante Pettis last year, you know, just one of the, one of the most overdrafted guys in all of fantasy football for you know, a big chunk of the offseason. Okay, let's say he Which, fell to the seventh or eighth, though. I mean, are you just saying that to kind of hedge, or would you actually take him there? I, I, don't I don't think, think I, would. I would. I don't think I'd actually take him. But but I here's the thing, though. You can say like this is sort of what makes sense or what people will do, but then be like, I'm actually not taking Raheem Mostert until like the tenth round, personally. Yeah. Well, I think Davis. Look, if, I'm hearing you say that you're maybe in best balls. You would draft him. At the eighth round, but not no guys like guys like that are are worse in best balls because Mostert will be a guy you can cut once it becomes clear that like Jarek McKinnon is is ahead of him in the pecking order. He he's worse in that format. All right, Peter, where would you draft him at? Yeah, well, to to Ben's point, the the whole reason Mostert is a bad pick before all of this is because right. he's going in that dead zone where you are paying for him to hit his ceiling at that cost. And then the whole point is there's all these risks like this injuries, trade talks, guys usurping him. But if he drops and he's in the seventh, eighth round of regular leagues, then he's a premium zero running back target for you because then the fragility is working in your favor and there's no opportunity costs of the wide receivers you're passing over there. I hate it when I black out and make sense. that was a legit take i i think everyone appreciates that uh so here's the thing in the scott fishbowl draft he still has not been drafted in my league and we're 906 i have or 907 i've got the 908 i've got the next pick i've only drafted one running back so far it would be according to josh adhd's scott fishbowl tool it would be the latest he has been picked thus far 110 teams have selected him. Hayden Winks currently the last person uh, with the 901. So if I draft him, if you do draft him, Ben, what are your thoughts on the proverbial handcuff? Yeah, I kind of disagree with, I think it was Davis's take that he's worse in best ball because this is a team, I feel like trying to figure out when to put him in your lineup is going to be tough. I mean, he's going to be terrible. He yeah. ran for 200 yards and four touchdowns in the NFC Championship, and then they started Tevin Coleman in the Super Bowl. 
Like they didn't bring him into like the third drive. Mostert, I think he got his first carry on their third drive in the Super Bowl after running for four touchdowns in the NFC Championship. I mean, that's wild. Uh, I think this is a format, the Scott Fishbowl with the first downs that obviously leans towards him where he's more of an efficient runner. You're hoping that efficiency sticks and he's probably not going to catch a ton of passes. Um, So I I think it can make some sense, but you're probably going to have some games where Tevin Coleman just gets used more. Like I I think it's going to be a committee and, and a tough one week by week. Can we, I know this show is supposed to be a gathering of positivity, but can we roast uh, some of the people who drafted? Yeah, uh, pl- like Mostert? third round Raheem Mostert, please, 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 uh, please. King Showtime 44 took him at 304. Uh, B111 Edwards <laughs> took him at 305. <laughs> Here Johnny Football took him at 307. Um Rest in peace, guys. You guys are now in the in-between with Jack Miller. <laughs> oh, uh, Davis said the people that have drafted Raheem Mostert, uh, I, I want to quote him directly on this. He said the people that have drafted Raheem Mostert is like the inverse for the people that have drafted Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki, and TJ Hawkinson. I thought that was interesting because I looked at uh, the Gasicki and the Hawkinson and obviously some sharp people were on there. I think Davis threw the Fant name in there because he's the guy that drafted Noah Fant. Literally no other sharps that I saw on Noah Fant except for Davis and uh, at balls underscore fan underscore Matt. So Davis, did you put that in there because you drafted Noah Fant? No, that's just a tier that we all agreed on. <laughs> no one's taken fans so far. They will. I'm, I mean, it's it's very they're like they project like the exact same. I will say, Ben, are you surprised? I I thought tight ends were going to be flying off the shelves, off the board faster. And you, my guess is, you probably prefer the elite tight ends, and then that second tier of breakout, and you ended up, or the third tier, and you ended up in that middle tier because you were just getting insane values on yeah. those. Yeah, I probably would have been targeting Gesicki or uh, you know Hawkinson, where I took those other guys, and that's that's one of the the runs that I was re- referring to in my draft, where I I went running back at one with Christian McCaffrey, QB QB, and then I went wide receiver wide receiver. There's a lot of value at that point, um, and I also really liked stacking the week thirteen buys with McCaffrey because I'm like I feel like I'm committed to trying to get a buy in the playoff structure. So now I have four week thirteen buys. If my team doesn't get a buy, I'm, I'm screwed. But wow. That's I got, why you that's why got, you get paid to do fantasy football for a living because I haven't even thought about a bye week this entire draft. Is someone but, mentioned bye weeks in our like in our league chat and I was like, "Oh, bye weeks." <laughs> so in this case, the regular season is week 1 to 12. So McCaffrey the week 13 bye won't miss a week of the regular season. And if I already think it's going to be tough to win without McCaffrey in week 13, why don't I just take more guys like that, give myself a bigger edge in the week 1 to 12 regular season? And I have four starters now who won't have a bye during the regular season. I hope that gives me an edge toward getting the week 13 bye. Because, if I, again, if I don't get that, I'm done. So that's kind of what my old team hinges on at this point. But after, yeah, after I took those two receivers, I was like, okay, I'm going to probably be targeting tight end next. And between that turn and the next turn, my league didn't take a single tight end. And so, yeah, that's one point where I would say, like, collectively, yeah, it was probably a mistake. But everyone individually took good picks. Like they took uh, good running backs, good receivers, good quarterbacks. They were just targeting different things. They had different draft structures. 
And I'm the one who ended up benefiting because that's the only position I hadn't hit yet. And it's like, oh, great. I get Darren Waller at 612 and I get Evan Ingram at 701. That's okay. I'll take that. Ben Gretsch, there's lots of good people on both sides. Lots of good people on both sides. You know, lots of good people. Lots of good people, uh, you know, drafting Melvin Gordon in the fifth round and letting, you know, his, his uh, you know, letting Darren Waller fall to the uh, fall to the uh, 701 or 612 rather. Yeah. Ben's team is definitely the most unique team. Um, obviously starting Christian McCaffrey and then somehow getting Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray coming back around. Then he gets Waller, Ingram and Hunter Henry. No surprise, his second running back is Rojo because he is one of the original truthers, um, and he's not going to let that one go. He's got Debo, Christian Kirk, Evans, DJ Moore. I mean, just a loaded team, Ben. Do you feel – I'm guessing you feel good about the squad. Yeah, I've never felt better about my Scott Scott Fishbowl team, which means I've never – Which means you're screwed. (laughs) I've never been more pessimistic about the 2020 season happening in full. (laughs) Something's going to go wrong here. You know what it reminds me of? It would be like if you created this kind of new, interesting, unique fantasy format that pulled in (laughs) lots of different leagues and you organized and whipped up a site for it and got a lot of buzz going and then all sports were canceled. It would be like very similar to that. Yeah, like if we did like a whole podcast about it, Ben, even. Great time to launch that. Hey, that podcast is going to get some clicks in January. I promise you that. Yeah, Well, January 2023, maybe, I think (laughs) would be a good time to push that one back out. Remember when you said uh, no inside baseball this episode, Davis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking right. to it. Uh, for those, just a recap. Uh, too long, didn't read. Ben started an awesome fantasy format where every fantasy sport is in play except like esports. Um, and I, I called it a fantasy sport, Peter. So don't get mad at me. Don't give me that look. Like I legit grouped it into. A sport. I mean, but, yeah. By the way, when we when we run this back, we need to add the Chinese LPL into it, Gretch. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna need some help with figuring out these <laughs> leagues that you guys are all following. So, uh, so one big fantasy league with every sport, and then all the sports just get get canceled. So, uh, t- tough scenes there, Ben. But you're making up for it with a Scott Fishbowl, and let's I mean, give Scott yeah, strong, some, some strong credit. Time. Strong time to launch that idea, right? You know, that requires all the sports right before. Really, really strong time. Another great idea, though, is a Scott Fishbowl. He, his, like, the scoring system, you have seen 800 different, like, roster builds, basically. Everyone is different. Some people are going, like, uh, the Podfather going robust running back. You've got some people going zero running back. You have some people that claim they were zero RB truthers and yeah, then so they, they claim stick it. to it. Yeah, it's interesting. I would have been Peter, right there. defend I yourself. Did, I didn't want to take Saquon. I wanted, to, I wanted one of the two quarterbacks, Mahomes or Lamar, there at the top. They went one, two in my draft. McCaffrey falls to three. What's your move, Gretch? Who do you take at four? Because I know you're a purist, too. I need to be let off the hook for this pick. Wait, so explain to me what happened again. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, McCaffrey. Now we have two Davises on this show. <laughs> McCaffrey, Mahomes, Jackson were the top three. Yes. Yeah, I would have taken Barkley. Okay, so mm. but I wanted ideological. But what if your whole brand was built upon the zero RB? And, what if and you, you tried were to bond? A, you were yeah, in you a group chat with, with Shane Battier. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have Shane Batty in our group chat being like, you know, he's just sticking to the principles and Pete's trying to buddy up with him. And then he starts his draft taking Saquon, like basically ruins the chance of building this friendship with, with Batty. <laughs> yeah, was... that, that would have played into my calculation. I so literally there was would be in the French graphic. Oh, there's a, <laughs> the there's French a graphic. <laughs> I would be in the French Riviera eating brunch with Shane Battier talking about zero running back targets right now. And instead I'm in the content minds reposting counselor Instagram stories. (laughs) And all you had to do was take Mike Thomas. The graphic someone created that had uh, Pete basically in the middle thinking about who to draft. And on one shoulder, it was the angel Shane Battier whispering in his ear, zero RB. And on the other shoulder, it was the counselor in the uh, the devil's costume telling him to pick Saquon. And uh, he succumbed to the dark side. So that is, you, you that is how team, it is. Though. It's, like a, it's like a worse version of my team in every way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, literally looking at your running backs and I'm like, I hope I can double tap Philip Lindsay and Zach Moss coming back <laughs> so I can just have a watered down version of Ben's team. God. Uh, I mean, Pete, how do you feel looking back on the fact that you were able to get Gasicki and Hawkinson? Do you just hate that Hunter Henry pick? Are you like, I, I biffed it? Yeah, I hated that spot in the draft. Uh, he, I knew I wanted to start loading up on tight ends because I didn't get Mark Andrews uh, in the second or third, which I was going for. And I, I thought there'd be a tight end run. I kept waiting for people to get tight end hungry in this format and it never happened. So yeah, I massively regret that pick. I was two picks away from AJ Brown falling to me at that spot. And then he didn't. And I took a tight end and I'm pretty sure I was one of the earliest people to take Hunter Henry and I hate everything. I, I went, I really was tempted to go full like Phil Hellmuth on my divisions group chat because in between my 10th and 11th selection, my whole queue got destroyed. I had five guys loaded up and they all went like, I think the earliest McCole Hardman is gone in any draft would have been first of all, where I had him selected to auto draft. But now I'm about to, I have Sammy Watkins loaded up as my pre-draft selection in the 11th round, just because these people have put me on such insane, like monkey tilt. I, I just, I can't believe that, it's just, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. The best thing is everyone posting these gorgeous screenshots and Davis is about to go Tariq Cohen and Sammy Watkins back to back. Now, Sean did take Tariq Cohen, so that makes it okay. Like, Sean, if Sean, make, if Sean makes the selection, yeah, it's, it's signed off. But yeah. Sammy Watkins over all these other zero RB targets is unjustifiably bad. And I'm, <laughs> on, I'm only doing it out of pure anger uh, and frustration. Actually, this is, and these, this is, this is funny. The Cohen ADP went. stuff uh, is, is crazy because it's so all over the board. So you can't look at it and be like, oh, my guy's going to be there. Like I thought like, all my brand guys like Kashawn Vaughn, Tannehill, A.J. Brown, like – they all went right before I could take them. And it was just like, I thought that I had plenty of space to take them. And I didn't. AJ Brown has been a really interesting guy in these. He's gone, he's gone in the fourth round and in the seventh round. Like they're just these massive um, swings in valuation. I, I think I took him in the fifth round, which didn't feel great, honestly. Well, that I think he won the fifth in mine. There's picks like that that I was looking at. Jonathan Taylor's another guy I really like. 
that that's where I think my league was sharp. They took a lot of guys that I like and I think are good targets in spots where I was going to consider them for the first time at my next pick. So they, they got me, you know, they beat me to the punch and, but I was going to, I was going to laugh at your Cohen pick because you took him 10 09. And I said, I was considering him one pick before me at 12, 12. He went at 12. <laughs> Basically what we've established is that for kitchen Davis and I, the Scott fishbowl has destroyed our brands and meanwhile, JJ and Ben Gretsch, their drafts are filled with paid crisis actors to yeah. up the quality of yep. their teams and boost their brands and, uh, you know, position as industry thought leaders. So it's just a great contest all around. Well, my draft I, was fine until this round. It's really gotten away from me. I still don't have a second quarterback. Wow. Not so, sure that's going to work out for you. Here's, here's the thing. DK I think people are, are donking the quarterback stuff hard, by the way. DK the guy Metcalf. Who started with two quarterbacks thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> DK Metcalf fell all the way to the seventh, and I got Russ Wilson in the second. So Lockett went before Metcalf. And so there was, I mean, if I had to pair someone, it would be like Josh Gordon, who just sold his Super Bowl ring yesterday for money. Uh, and like, it's, yeah. Sad story there. Or like Antonio Brown and hope that he he plays. So like DK Metcalf was the last option I had. And so it was between Metcalf and Burrow who fell all the way to the seventh. And I, I knew that Burrow wouldn't be back because another guy only had one quarterback. And I took Metcalf. But listen, I've got Godwin, Ridley, Metcalf, Diggs. I've got Ertz and Kelsey. I got David Johnson. So you're just you're just not planning on starting a super flex, just a regular. It's flex. just like Rivers is still there, um, and I'm hoping that he comes back around really, to really me. high ceiling option. Well, it's just kind of what it is right now. I'm hoping those other guys, like I mean Metcalf and and Godwin, are the the ceiling guys that kind of get me there. Is Bridgewater so, yeah, still I'll, available for you? Uh, no, he is. He's gone. Like. Like everybody's gone except for Rivers. Um, uh, Darnold is there. Tua is there. If I wanted to like get a quarterback three after Rivers, but uh, yeah, I like Rivers in this format. I think like they got a great offensive line. I think the Colts are like really underrated, and he's always been pretty accurate. I think he'll be. They'll take fewer sacks in Indianapolis, and I think he'll complete plenty of passes. Okay. So I'm gonna let you. Yeah, guys... but he he might just be dusted off though. Like you got it, you got it, you got to calculate in the possibility that like he just is is not physically able to do it anymore. True. So take a look at my team. I I really want Gasicki, but I only have one quarterback and one running back. Do I? I mean, are you just are I... you just committed to the bid at this point? About what? Of what like of, uh, <laughs> of the bit of only having one quarterback. Are you committed <clears throat> no? To the bit I think of having a shitty team or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, there are guys in our 104 group chat, Peter, who were like, "Actually, you don't even need a second quarterback because there's going to be so many bad weeks. You're better off just starting, you know, digs instead of a second quarterback." Well, my thing is like, I think that I can get, I think I can get Rivers coming back in the tenth. Um, rather than someone snag him as the QB as their QB three. So does that mean that I can go Gasicki? But even though Mostert's there in the ninth, I don't have one running back. So pick my pick my player. So Rivers, 
Mostert or Gesicki? Based on ADP, Rivers is clearly the next best, the next highest quarterback. He has a 94 mm-hmm. ADP. What overall pick are you at? I don't think uh, you're going to get him on. They're at like 9-6. I just pulled it up here. Yeah. We just completed 9-6. So you're, you're past Rivers' ADP. So the, the mm-hmm. thought that you'll get him another round later might be stretching it. You might have to make a call on him now. Ugh. But Gasicki, there's so many sharps on Gasicki. I want to join Team Sharps. On he Gesicki. literally, he just wants to see Soccer Dave in the screenshot with like Drew Dinkmeyer. Like that's literally all he wants. He just wants uh, to be. He wants to be in the screenshot of people being like, hey, "The Gasicki hey, bros are you, really sharp." Peter, can you pull up Gasicki, uh, who yeah. drafted him on the tool? Because I, I, we, I think we've been having pretty sharp people there. We've been having a Gasicki holy war via DM with Pat Crane literally all week. I'll he say this, like the way your roster's built, uh, if it were me, I would not like worry about the fact that Rhea Mostert looks like a value and I just wouldn't take him because I don't really, I didn't already like him already and I'd be more concerned about other things. I'd either take Gasicki or Rivers. Like you're, I, I like Gasicki a ton too. I didn't get him, but. <laughs> All right. Well, Gasicki, you've got um, the franchise 12, Drew Dinkmeyer, late round QB, Pat Thorman. The siege, the <laughs> the siege. Don't Peter Overzet is that Peter Overzet? I see. That's right. Um, and and then one in the nine eleven spot. Jacob Rickroad at Clutch Fantasy. Imagine myself in that collection of sharps right now with Gasicki. In addition to Kelsey and Ertz. Tell me, I tell me, I should not do it, Davis. I mean, I I think you should take Rivers, but uh, other people feel differently about the quarterback scoring than I do. You know what's gross? Beers water getting Gasicki at eleven oh one. That's <laughs> gross. Some leagues are just Ooh. cheating. Like some leagues are straight up like it's just cheating. Shane Battier got him. Also, man, uh, noisy huevos. Fantasy so, Mansion, like all these guys. Kitchen, in my projections, Rivers comes out QB 17 in Scott Fishbowl scoring one spot ahead of Josh Allen. <laughs> it's not a horrible option in this format if you like Indy's offense and, and, and you know. I just feel like at this point, I, I'm just going for like just massive upside with Gesicki and then hoping that Rivers comes back. And if not... You know, it is it is what it is. But it's you know, it's I'm all in it to win it, basically. Not not gonna hedge it like Davis is with his vanilla roster. Um I just want I just want to win this thing. So what, I, what they, is I think van- I what is vanilla what is vanilla about my roster? It's just like bad bad plays like like Fant when everyone else is taking Gasicki. All right, let's book Gasicki versus Fant. How much you want? PPR or uh, Scott Fishbowl scoring. <laughs> it looks like you're reaching for your wallet, like to get out the bills right now. <laughs> How much? Twenty bucks. Let's see here. Uh, at, Davis, why are you so high on Noah Fant that you want to book him against Kasiki? <laughs> it's just the same. It's the they're basically like the same thing to me. I don't. I don't so really that's have why, them projected that many points apart. So that's why you want to bet. But how are they the same thing? 
Do you think Drew Locke is like really good? No, I'll back, think I'll back Noah Fant here. They both had very similar uh, production last year, and I think they're in similar scenarios, right, where you're banking on can Gusecki be the number two over Preston Williams and can Noah Fant be the number two over Jerry Judy? I feel like they are pretty comparable from production, athletic, and team situation standpoint. Except- I, I have them separated by 19 PPR points. With Gase- I have Gasicki as my tight end six and Fant as my tight end ten, but obviously really close in terms of points per game. I just I, I prefer I prefer Gasicki, but I don't think it's like a tear break or anything like that. I think that would be absurd, because yeah. especially I, I have them 28 points apart, so I I do think it's a tear break, and I don't think it's absurd. Gasicki had the so you prefer Gasicki. You prefer Gasicki, yet you want to place a bet on fans. Yeah, <laughs> he's asking you. Yeah, they, I think it's it's basically it's basically like a coin flip. Like the difference would be a, a right. touchdown, basically over the course right. of the season. So G- Gasicki ran the I think the fourth most routes of all tight ends, and had the fourth most air yards, and ran the most routes out of the slot of any tight end, and was split out in the slot or out wide. I think four four times as frequently as he was in line. Like he's the, he was very inefficient, and I agree with Peter that like the roster layouts are similar. But no, I agree with every. I so I agree with a hundred percent of what you're saying. Um, and I was like, I think Gasicki was literally my tight end five, maybe in rankings. And I did a podcast with Mike Clay last week, and he he brought the heat in terms of Gasicki has a an incredibly good chance of being this year's OJ Howard because of how. Chan Gailey uses tight ends, and I I don't but know that's if why that's, I use, that's why I use the point about how he doesn't line up in line. He doesn't play tight end. Well, I think the He's concern. So I I totally agree with you, and I think the concern would be that basically those slot snaps just get eliminated because it's not part of the offense. Now I like Gasicki more than Fant. I haven't projected ahead. I haven't ranked ahead, but I I don't think there is a tier break at all. The SFB drafters don't think there's a tear break either. They're going within four of ADP, Gasecki 104, and Noah Fan at 108. But uh, that's probably yeah. makes Gasecki. It's like, I would, it's I like public be clear. money versus pri- is like sharp money, though, right? Like all the sharp money's on well, Gasecki. The other side of it that I want to say is I think, and sorry to cut you off, Davis, but I think people are way too high on Drew Locke. Like Joe Flacco got hurt last year. Do you guys remember that they were like, Drew Locke's not ready? And they played Brandon Allen for three starts while he completed fewer than 50% of the passes. And they were like just awful on offense. And except for, I, I think they won one game because that was the game that Cortland Sutton threw a TD or, or somebody threw a so TD. So I am, I'm not, I'm not high on Drew Locke. I, I think that KJ Hamler and, and Jerry Judy are, you know, basically not going to be ready for, you know, a combined 180 targets in year one. And, and also the history of like, well, Okay, the history of first-round tight ends that produce as rookies is really limited because there just are not that many guys. But basically, like, the number one thing you want to see from rookie tight ends is just, like, were you able to get on the field? Were you able to play a bunch of snaps as rookies? If so, like, your range of outcomes just includes so many better positive cases. And I and I liked Fant more than Hawkinson as a rookie anyways. Like, I like Fant was a guy, like, for dynasty purposes and stuff I loved regardless so i'm i saw nothing to dissuade me of that last year yeah basically. I, I agree with that i think fans a good player i just like lock only made five starts people talk about it he went four and one he threw th- fewer than 30 passes no lock lock win. is lock is not good i don't think i don't well, think lock he is might good. be i just don't think we know i think they really tailored those starts to bad defenses if you go look at the schedule three home games and, and I, I just don't think we know 
Right. Gretch, what's your opinion for Gasecki on having Fitzpatrick at quarterback for most of the season or Tua? Does that change things at all for you if you were confident uh, in knowing which QB was going to start the most games? Yeah, I'd rather have Fitzpatrick just because of all the stuff I just said about the volume and, and the air that's, yards. That's, and- what Kar- that's what Karane thinks too, which, yeah. which I don't know. I, I kind of think the improved efficiency of Tua could be better, but that also could be wrong. It might be. If Tua's really good, I mean, that won't hurt. Yeah, I mean, if Tua is like, you know, a 7.8 adjusted yards per attempt quarterback or whatever as a rookie, like really absurd. Like clearly that'll be a win for Gasicki. Yeah, there's not a lot of rookies that do that, even good ones, you know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, any regrets that you guys have, like after a couple of picks? Gretch, you, I'm guessing you don't have any. So I had I had a big one when I took uh, Rojo and uh, I can't remember who you I You take took. him over Vaughn? Sick, no, sick break. Regretting, regret, regretting a player <laughs> no, I got wait, wait sniped break. on. Let me finish the break. Two regretting a player picks. I'd kill two, for. Two I would kill picks. to have him. Two good picks, but I realized that I, I should have taken Christian Kirk a little ahead of ADP to stack him with Kyler Murray, and then I got Christian Kirk the next time around. Oh. That's your regret. <laughs> oh my! Is getting the guy. You my my regret you? is just having the draft fall perfect for me. I'd rather have Jack here right now, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> it's like the interview question: what's your what's your biggest weakness? And that's that. My my biggest weakness is having a league winning team. That I care too much. <laughs> yeah. I'm too much of a workaholic. Where were you going with that, Grudge? Your biggest regret. <laughs> That's what I said. Let me finish the brag. (laughs) That was literally the only regret that came to mind. Oh, it was a good bit. Just you have to realize that Davis is always going to cut you off if it's longer than two sentences. (laughs) Uh, Davis, what's your biggest regret? I guess not taking (laughs) McCole Hardman at the ninth round. I don't. I just. I don't have any control over how bad the sequence went for me. It just was terrible. Actually, no. My my biggest regret was not taking Tyreek Hill at the 209 21st overall to complete the Mahomes stack. I should have, I should have just um, been more open to having a bad second quarterback, I think. But you were debating that. I mean, you kind of knew that that was like a big decision right before you faded. Well, I, I thought there was a, and based on ADP, this turned out to be true. There was a bigger chance of, Tyreek Hill coming back to me at the 304, 28th overall, then Kyler Murray getting there. Um, the issue is that there were – well, the issue on doing a podcast for a very niche league with only 1,400 listeners in it, or 1,400 players in it, and then giving out your entire strategy beforehand is people oh. generally know what you want to do. Oh, so you think you're you think everyone was listening to your takes and uh, and sniping you. I mean, I, that's what they said, so yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that was true. Like, kitchen's think, like, kitchen's like Maddox, you know what? This, like, <laughs> this niche league with 1,400 total participants, there's no way they could have found your podcast, and there's no way they would have listened to it. If I was in I your just league, lo- I would have listened to your podcast, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Just to figure out yeah, what you Yeah, I don't think that's going to affect – I don't think that would be, affect the way he's drafting. Like uh, I don't know other people are drafting and the values that are available. If they know he's not yeah. going to go, you know, I don't know. You're talking, Gretch, you're talking about the guy who asked to be uh, placed in another league because he was too scared of uh, at clutch fantasy. Being Is that a true story? Him. That's a true story. 
It's I not. saw Clutch yes. Fantasy tweet that and claim that. Yes. Is that true, Davis? No, yes. Scott Scott DM'd me and said, like, you know, Scott Fishbowl is supposed to be fun. I don't I don't want to be involved with this. And I said, you know, it doesn't doesn't really matter to me either way. Well, this is a <laughs> your story has changed a little bit since last week. Inaccurate. I actually about. just I actually just read the DMs out loud on the okay. show last week, right. so it's the exact same. Mm, okay. Uh, Peter. What's up? Regrets? Yeah, probably not learning a second language as a young child. <laughs> <laughs> not being in Phoenix be Insiders? Be, yeah, being on the show. <laughs> uh, no, I already said mine. Hunter Henry, I hate myself for taking him at in the sixth round. It was very aggressive. All right, let's talk about some of the Kyler Murray Who should you um, have taken? Opinions. I probably would have taken a wide receiver there. Uh, I think Sutton, uh, like Diggs and AJ Brown and some of my targets had all gone off the board and I was tilting uh, and should have probably just taken one of those next tier wide receivers. Hey, Gretch, can I go on to my next point? Cool. Let's talk (laughs) about uh, Kyler Murray for a second because did, did all three of you take Kyler Murray? And Ben, I saw some people that were basically saying Kyler Murray... In this format, he's not going to be, he's not worth the price that you guys paid for him early second round. Although, or no, late second round, early third round, uh, ahead of some of those other quarterbacks. What's your take on Kyler Murray this year? Yeah, me and, uh, me and Jeff Collins had a good discussion about that. He uh, called it fishy, and that was kind of my point, was I thought it was like, I took him right at ADP. Um, so I was just kind of saying, like, I didn't think it was fishy, but. Uh, he, I, I like him a lot. I have him uh, improving in touchdown rate. I have him improving in, in completion percentage, yards per attempt. We just talked about how rookie quarterbacks aren't typically very good. Murray was decent, 64% completion percentage. I mean, he did, he wasn't bad across the board. Uh, and I expect, especially when you add in DeAndre Hopkins, and then you have the, you know, the, the big pace note that I'm sure you guys know all about, that uh, Arizona was like fourth in situation neutral pace, but they were only like 21st in plays so that we should expect everyone was pumped about cliff kingsbury running a ton of plays last year didn't happen but the pace was there we should expect that to actually happen i mean when they actually are like completing passes and scoring points they're gonna run more plays that's that's an official bold prediction here yeah i mean i i have them running a ton more so murray for me came out as qb6 in this format and just a point higher than qb7 pretty clearly outside the top five which was lamar and mahomes and breeze and wilson and dak and he's right there with Watson, you know, like 15, 16 points behind. But I still think he made a lot of sense at QB7, which makes him in a super flex league a second round pick. Like, it... uh, Peter Overzet, you like the horizontal air raid. Am I right? I love it. Can't get enough of it. Um, I'm martingaling it this year, getting them <laughs> the everywhere. Per- the perfect pass. <laughs> yeah. Pat, Pat is art. Pat's literally sending me already like screenshots from articles about like third string tight ends on the Cardinals that he's interested in as a late flyer. Like I'm, we're ready to go back to the well. <laughs> I mean, if you, it's, it's Martin, Martin Galing is scientifically proven to be the best gambling strategy. It is. You can't lose. You can't <laughs> lose. Uh, any thoughts on like other than Gretch, some of the good teams that were out there? Uh, I mean, do, do we do we want to talk about JJ's team? Like, do we even have it in us to talk about JJ's team? We can yeah, talk we about can JJ. Yeah, friend of the show, JJ. 
uh, I uh, mean, late round QB. Gretch's Gretch's division was kind. Um, JJ's JJ's division just gave it up. You know. You think they rolled over and played dead? I I don't know. I I would have to go look at the entire draft board to see if any of the other teams are are you know relatively reasonable. But JJ's team is absurd. Uh, he starts with Saquon, then he gets Kenyon Drake, then he gets Mark Andrews, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, he doesn't have a quarterback yet, so he's got it. You know, he's going to get stuck with someone bad. Nope. Then he gets Chris Godwin at the 411. Then his division leaves him DJ Moore at the 502, and then you're like, okay, he's screwed. There's no way he's going to figure out quarterback. Nope. Josh Allen, Jared Goff, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, they're going to really, it's going to get thin here late for him. Nope. Mike Kosicki, boom. Boom, Deontay Johnson. Boom, Marvin Jones. It's just like, it's it's ridiculous. Good team. It's a good team. I like Mike Beer's team. Someone mentioned it. It's zero RB, and I love that he put it on Twitter yesterday, and everybody was like, the comments were, were so harsh, and it just cracks me up because this team is so stacked everywhere else. He has to start 11 players. He's drafted 11 players. A couple of these guys will be backups. He's got to start running backs, obviously, but – He's got so much flexibility and firepower everywhere else. If he hits on a late round running back, and he, I mean, it's not like he's not going to draft running backs. He's probably going to go, what, 12 through 18 all running backs right now, I would expect. And if he hits on one of those guys, and literally one, year, literally, one, literally one. And that's a lot of bullets in the chamber now. I mean, now this team is like unbeatable. I love, I mean, if 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 you're um if you're a guy like Jack say trying to break into this industry um first of all accept invites on to um industry flagpole shows uh but second to that if you want to get some heat get some traction just post a screenshot of you doing a true zero rb draft your engagement will be through the roof you will trigger people you will inspire a healthy discourse this is a pro tip from me never stop tweeting about zero rb your mentions will love you for it uh, Jack, though, he drafted Saquon with the second overall pick. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> so, he, well, I mean, he the, actually had a choice. Like you, you, he had a choice. You, yeah. yeah, you were backed into a wall, Pete. I was. I yeah, was but uh, I love uh, what Jack did because he went it just heavy wide receiver. Juju, Ridley, Metcalf, Allen, Diggs, Fuller, Kirk. I've got Holy three crap. out of those guys. So, yeah. That's that a Jack lot of really good loaded. receivers. Yeah. Do we, do, should we talk? Uh, should we talk about Sean's team? Oh yeah, he oh, had a really interesting start since like the third round or fourth round. He <laughs> just, uh, you know, he just did Sean things and just went all. I I do think you know to be fair, he um, I think he does kind of Josh around. I think it's a little disingenuous in the free leagues. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Oh. I, I am gonna say that. I, I talked with him. He said that, well, Blair had put out that first article on Rotoviz where he was comparing the ADP to a, a tight end five start in the draft. And I think Sean found that intellectually interesting and wanted to experiment with it. But my guess would be if you ask Sean once he saw how that third tier of tight end ADP shook out, he would like a mulligan on that start just because I would have figured that this would have triggered more of a tight end run. But when he gets Hawkinson at 10.04, it just shows you, like, Gretch, like, should there be a six-round ADP difference between Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson? No, and I bet he, yeah, I bet you're right. I bet if there's one pick especially, I don't think he would regret Kittle and Ertz, and this is just me speculating, but I bet it would be that Waller pick at 404. Uh, and I took Waller too, but, you know, I got him at 612 because I, <laughs> I, I, I only. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> one of my biggest regrets was not being able to get Waller in the seventh round. I actually had to get him at six twelve. Are we surprised? Are we surprised at how far Diggs has fallen? I think Bills are like uniquely bad in this format because they're going to run like four hundred plays. Are they? Why are they going to run? They're not going to run that for you, obviously. But why do you think they're going to be so slow paced? Not, not. I guess, I guess, actually, it's not a low volume; it's a low completion thing. There, where like, I, sure. what, like, how many, how many catches do you have Diggs projected for? I bet, I bet, if I went and looked right now, I bet I have him projected for like startlingly low. I have him at seventy nine. So my thing with Diggs is this: they gave up not just a first, but a first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth for a seventh back. They gave up a legitimate number one haul to get digs and wow i'm even higher on him than you are i didn't think i would be and then you look at what he did in minnesota the last two years they basically pigeonholed him two years ago he had like 148 targets at this low a dot last year's a dot goes from like michael thomas range to like will fuller deshaun jackson range and he puts up an elite deep threat season this guy can win at every depth and now if the bills actually throw to him at every depth I think there's a potential, even though, yeah, he's going from one low-volume team to another low-volume team. I basically think the, Vi- the Vikings pigeonhole them, and he's shown them Do we think that Josh that Allen has the ability to complete deep passes? Well, I just think that his targets and will be will be more valuable yeah, for sure yes. and more yeah. valuable exactly even than 2018 where he would he got more than I'm projecting here, but at a low A dot, he'll get some deep shots. He'll score some long touchdowns. I mean, that, look and how that's efficient he was last year. That's the argument I reject. Like, if you want to just talk about digs in a vacuum, but the people that don't think this is an upgrade in situation, I mean, they're going to run more pass plays than the Vikings did. And he's going from being like the 1B with Thielen. Yeah, he's just straight up one in that offense. I mean, the issue is, is Kirk Cousins is, is like three times the quarterback that Josh Allen is, though. And I do think that, like, I, sur- I actually wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if Diggs scores you know, like more fantasy points per game this year than last year in Minnesota, but ends up being one of those dudes who does not have a high win rate because there's just, there's going to be a ton of like three for 16s in there. So Cousins is, is really good, right? He, he, but Cousins how much is of good. It, how much of it is the fact that he has had dicks, right? And he had Deshaun Jackson early in his career and Deshaun Jackson's an interesting guy because he's always made uh, the efficiency. Better. Was, yeah, right. And he's always had really high yards per target. Diggs last year, almost identical stats to Deshaun Jackson's average 16-game pace from his first 1,000-yard season to his last. It's like an extended prime. Their uh, 16-game pace is almost identical, except Diggs did it on about 15 fewer targets than Deshaun Jackson used to average, which is just like he was a legitimate better than Deshaun Jackson deep threat last year. That's how good Diggs was last year down the field. I think he uh, I mean, they're, some they're, of that for Cousins. They're, they're going to feel it, right? Turning those targets to, um, you know, Ola B.C. Johnson and Justin Jefferson and yeah. Tajay Sharp. Like, they're, they're going to feel that for sure. And he's going to get open in Buffalo. And Allen will wing it, and he'll throw several 15 yards over Diggs' head, but probably a couple will, you know, will land in his bread basket. Will we'll be, like, somewhere in the catchable yeah, bucket, hopefully. Right. All right. Um, legit or bit, because you weren't around last week, Ben, Cam Newton has a top 10 quarterback this year. Davis has him QB8. I do not have him QB8. I have him projected at QB8. I have him ranked as my QB14. I'll say a bit. Okay. All right. It was projection week this week, so where do you have him projected? 
I have QB 13 and four point and QB 16 and, and six point per TD. How many, how many rushing attempts do you have him projected for? I've got 91 carries, 437 yards, four rushing TDs, which is potentially low, but I'm, I'm expecting that, that Belichick won't run him into the goal line a hundred times. <laughs> well, that's, that's you have totally. Four? Whew, I had him at 4.3, Gretch. Might want to <laughs> check the inputs, brother. That, that's totally where I have him at. So you just must be, you must just have them being like a very bad passing team. I have only thrown 541 times. I have him being uh, a little more slow and, and run heavy. And how, how many passing touchdowns? 26. I can't figure out why your projection is lower than mine. Well, maybe I'm just higher on a lot of other quarterbacks. Mm. That's got. Maybe that's I can figure be out. Maybe I can figure this out after the show. Actually, yeah. I mean, the three guys I have ahead of him in four point per passing leagues are all within seven points of him. Like he could easily be top ten with you know a couple of hey, stats. Kitchen, let's rebrand the Swolecast. It's a projection yeah, workshop show. Workshop. We bring on the yeah. biggest <laughs> a workshop in the industry <laughs> to workshop their projections. <laughs> Oh, we don't do projections, so we make fun of everyone who does. Exactly. <laughs> I would, I would, um, I would pay ten dollars to see Kitchen's projections if he found a way to uh, to rig them up. I would, I would pay. Uh, they would be pretty vanilla because I would just take everyone's projections and then just run the aggregate, and then run the bump aggregate. Up, Titans bump players, up the Titans <laughs> players, and two thousand yards. Right. Wisdom of the crowds with a little Titans premium coming to soccer Dave's website, 39.99 a month coming to coming to RG premium lifetime value, lifetime value of uh, a million dollars. What's the lifetime value of a subscription to David kitchens, Titans premium projections. It's priceless. Is it close to a roto radar sub? It really is. I was kind of tilted, but also kind of proud that I did not get any Titans players. Like, they're all getting picked before I can get them. So, A.J. Brown, uh, Derrick Henry, Tannehill. Pat Corain loves himself some Ryan Tannehill. It's pretty intense. I've been surprised at, like, how high Tannehill's gone. But I guess when you've got an efficient quarterback uh, with, you know, just lots of weapons – that's, yeah, that six-year go sample of Ryan Tannehill playing like a converted wide receiver does not seem to be scaring people. Yeah, but who is his coach? You know, who is his coach? Who is Peyton Manning's coach? It certainly wasn't, uh, you know, Terrell Owens reincarnate A.J. Brown. I mean, Devontae Parker, dude. Devontae Parker I mean, is he's good. Like, he's like Devontae okay. Parker wasn't getting on the field. He wasn't getting any passes. Like, Gase held him down, too. I don't know what you want. Oh, and what also, Devonte Parker, just not wave on being anywhere near AJ Brown. Sorry, he's good. But. I mean, I, I I agree, I agree. But I do I think do I think that Ryan Tannehill is lead the NFL in YPA good? I do not. No, but something's going to happen. This is a point that I'm seeing missed by a lot of people. Something's going to happen with the Titans is if they if if you regress their player efficiency, they ru- they run more plays. They have to run more plays, right? Yeah. They they are. Two of the lowest, uh, four lowest pass attempts in the last like six years are the Titans the past two years. And last year in particular, it was because they were so efficient throwing the ball and running the ball down the stretch. They, they, almost, they throw almost no passes down the stretch. If they don't, if you regress that efficiency, you have to allow them to run more plays in your projection. Like their, their offense will regress back in volume. I think you can make a pretty good argument that A.J. Brown is about to become 
the best wide receiver in the NFL. When you look at his size and his projection and where, like he reminds me of, like, oh, he, Gary, he, he really, he really can. Like, yeah, he what, can be. Like Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, they're good players, but they are not. They they're really not just fancy ceiling. Julian Edelman. Oh, man. Pants are coming <laughs> off right now, guys. No, I mean, Michael he, Thomas he does not have the ceiling of A.J. Brown. That, no, no, from an athleticism standpoint, hey, I, Michael I'm Thomas with, is I'm not the athlete that A.J. Brown is. That's true. It's true. That's why we called him Bad Michael Thomas five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, literally only real fans know. What I'm really trying to do is now that Dave destroyed his brand by not taking A.J. Brown in the fishbowl, I'm trying to sneak in as the preeminent A.J. Brown trooper. I, and I raised the stakes so high. I just said he's the greatest wide receiver ever. <laughs> he, just, he just said he's better than Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. You're not replacing me, but I am allowing you on the team. Thank you. So, uh, And up. Davis drafted A.J. Brown, too. So it, we've come a long way from last season, Davis fading A.J. Brown every single week. Even though he all he did was score long touchdowns. Do you so. guys know how hard it was to take Mike Evans over AJ Brown? I mean, like you have Mike Evans mm. sitting there. A lot of, looking lot of at faith. You. Oh, bless a lot your of heart. Faith in a geriatric quarterback. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. All right. Uh, closing thoughts, Davis. Closing thoughts. Uh, everyone in my division, I absolutely <laughs> despise you guys. Like legit, legit, don't like you for making me take Sammy Watkins in the eleventh round. All right, uh, Peter, closing thoughts. Yeah, if you have kids, um, get the Rosetta Stone, have them learn Mandarin. <laughs> I think going forward, it's going to be incredibly valued to be uh, bilingual, and, and that's something you should be focusing on. Uh, Mrs. Soccer Dave. Well, what is that? Rosetta Stone <laughs> Rosetta Stone employee. So, um, yeah. Whoa. There you go. Um, as far as the second language, though, Mandarin <laughs> would definitely be up there for sure. I got it. I got it. Gretch didn't get it. I got it. Uh, ben, closing thoughts. Uh, AJ Brown is better than Michael Thomas. Huh? Do you go. think the counselor? Do you think the counselor knows a second language? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That language is testosterone, and he's fluent. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to Ben Gretch at Yards Per Gretch on Twitter. He's with the CBS team now, just crushing it on the FF Today stuff. It was projections week this week. So um, this guy is all signal, no noise. Um, ben, thanks for being on the show. Damn, that was like really heartfelt. That hit me here, man. Appreciate all that. Sig- all signal, no noise. You're the AJ Brown right. of fantasy analyst, brother. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for joining us. We'll see you next week. Later.